Θα ήθελα να σα καλωσορίσω σε έναν ακόμα επεισόδιο του Healthy Lifestyle. Είναι το πρώτο τη σεζόν. Ε, και σήμερα θα έχουμε μια εκπομπή και θα μιλήσουμε στα αγγλικά έτσι ώστε να μπορώ, μπορούμε να καταλαβαίνει και η καλεσμένη μου. So today we will uh, do a new podcast episode for Healthy Lifestyle. Um, we will do it in English because uh, my guest is a special guest coming from uh, UK. Uh, and uh, before the introduction uh, of herself, I would like to ask her, do you believe in miracles? 100%. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. So, uh, please, uh, let us know uh, about yourself, some things, um, the reason that you are here in Cyprus, and uh, uh, about your uh, job, uh, who are you actually, in order to explain to the people um i would like to say hello to all of you who are watching this uh, podcast thank you for joining us my name is Sandra Kisiri. i'm director of european operations for christ international which is the largest uh, donor sperm and egg bank in the world uh, my profession has been in embryology so i've been an embryologist for 26 years and i'm based in uk so i've worked uh, and i've been very privileged to work in a number of ivf clinics uh, Uh, helping thousands of patients to uh, achieve a pregnancy through the treatments. Uh, and for the last three years, I have had this special project to do, which was to uh, open the first European independent egg bank for Cryos International. And uh, they have been a sperm bank for over 33 years. And their dream was that after opening their first egg bank in US, to be able to open their first European egg bank. And where better than Cyprus? Yeah, you chose Cyprus. <laughs> We chose Cyprus and I've been, this has been my second home for the past three years. And I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed working with our fantastic team in Cyprus, which uh, is uh, all from local scientists, doctors, uh, nurses, professionals that uh, are in Cyprus. Uh, it's a very special week for us this week. Yeah. Uh, we have the grand opening ceremony of the clinic, which we've been delaying because of COVID. And mm. um, uh, and we are very lucky to have uh, the presence of some very important dignitaries uh, in Cyprus to come uh, for the opening uh, ceremony this Thursday afternoon. And then on Friday, we have the fourth international um, symposium of cryos. Uh, we have had it in Denmark which is our headquarters mm -hmm. and in USA before. It's the first time that it's happening in Cyprus. And, and from what I understand, it's the first time we will have this many doctors and scientists and embryologists and nurses traveling from across the world, from as far away as USA, Korea, Iran. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we have about 140 guests arriving for the symposium and is going to be under the species of Ministry of Health here. So um, it's going to be a very special few days for us uh, at Cryos. Yeah, and uh, it's a very special actually uh, for the medical people. I mean, uh, in Cyprus, I think it will be the first time that... Of this that, kind, yes. Yeah, yes, especially yeah. in the field of reproductive uh, biology or, you know, yeah. IVF. Um, And we are we are extremely uh, honored mm -hmm. that uh, even though th that we've uh, we're coming out of the pandemic, 
many of these doctors and scientists have uh, have actually decided to travel to Cyprus. And you know what? This is great because it's part of a, our mission when uh, we came to Cyprus. Cyprus was a perfect bridge between the East and the West. And uh, we're hoping that with many of these uh, clinics coming here to Cyprus, seeing the fantastic local IVF clinics we have here, with our presence being able to provide the gametes, the donor eggs and the sperm mm. for the patients, we could form a lot of networking and collaborations between clinics abroad and clinics here in Cyprus, IVF clinics, so they can start receiving more patients coming from abroad for treatment to Cyprus. Mm -hmm. um, we have the infrastructure, uh, we have the great clinics here, um, and, and we should be able to, uh, to, to host many of uh, fertility mm -hmm. patients traveling abroad for treatment. And uh, beside the uh, high IVF uh, and fertility level that they have, we have also the sun and they can, uh, the, the, you know, the patients can come and yes. do also their holidays. And this is very uh, good for the IVF because if yes. you are not stressed, Exactly. Uh, you have the the positive result exactly yeah. so with a good quality sperm and egg that we, we will be providing them and the great treatments that they can get at the local mm -hmm. IVF clinics they can enjoy the sun the sand the sea the, sea. the yeah. great food the music and everything that is lovable about Cyprus yeah so uh, I would like to welcome you thank you uh, it's honor for me and uh, for everyone here uh, and uh, let's begin uh, our um, topic is uh, egg donation. Mm -hmm. So I would like to ask you um, what is the egg donation uh, for the two parts? The patient, first of all, and then the egg donor. Sure, sure. So on the patient, if we want to look at it from the, the point of view of patients, many of the patients that contact uh, cryos or eggs uh, we have established uh, our bank in in US for over six years now. Uh, we see that majority of these patients are either patients who have um, tried IVF and failed for a number of cycles, and they eventually facing the situation where the doctors tell them, unfortunately, with their own eggs, they will not be able to be successful to have a baby. Or we are looking at patients who've had cancer treatment and unfortunately uh, don't have the possibility of using their own eggs anymore. Or we have got patients who have, uh, for various reasons, it can be social, it could be economical or um, even professional reasons, have delayed motherhood. And uh, they are now over the age of 40 and unfortunately they are not getting pregnant with their own eggs. So their only option is actually egg donation. And of course, we've got patients who've got genetic problems as well that would make them infertile with their own eggs. So there is a number of causes and the only option sometimes for these patients is to go uh, uh, with the, the, through with the egg donation treatment. It's not a new treatment. It's been around from early 1980s. Um, it's just obviously become more uh, uh, brought by, by the media, by discussions like this. It's been brought more to the attention of patients so more patients know about it. The field has really revolutionized with uh, 
being able to uh, freeze eggs successfully where we couldn't do that before, um, uh, which I'm sure we will explain a little bit later. So all in all, uh, this is a treatment that works very well, has uh, been the reason for many thousands and hundreds of thousands of children being born as a result of this treat treatment for couples that actually long to have their own family. From the point of view of donors, well, we humans, we always like altruistic uh, acts. You know, we all think when we think that somebody is in need, it is in our nature to want to go to their help. When, uh, whether it's by helping with charities, whether it's by blood donation, organ donation. And when this field of, of, of uh, infertility uh, became an issue that was talked about a lot more and wasn't so much taboo, and there was the stigma is getting removed more and more women and men came forward to help those couples that couldn't have their own genetic children we can mention also the great advertisement that you have i mean the yes uh, it's yes uh, 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 there are the people that they are saving lives and yes. the people that they are creating lives yes definitely so, yeah. so more and more people came forward to mm -hmm. to become donors because they realized that they, with the act of donation they could they could be making the dreams come true for many many couples that have mm -hmm. these issues we know that now probably around 12 to 15 percent of the worldwide population is going through some kind of fertility issues and this is according to uh, WHO, World Health Organization uh, statistics. So uh, if we think about it, from six couples that we know, one of them would be suffering some kind of infertility issue. So it is unfortunately very common. And these donors, um, we have a great campaign. We have called it Some Save Life, Some Give Life. Um, we have doctors, we have policemen or women, we have uh, firemen or women mm -hmm. who save lives. And we have donors, altruistic donors, who, who with their acts actually yeah. help to give life. Yeah, they can uh, make uh, the dream come true. Yeah, perfect. And create a family uh, for a couple that, uh, you know, uh, the patient is trying and trying yes. for a lot of years. And uh, she cannot uh, create her family and someone else who can uh, mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So these are the reasons also to become an egg donor. I mean, the uh, altruism. Um, yes, and, and also we provide the egg donors and the sperm donors that we mm -hmm. have. Uh, with full health checkup so mm -hmm. we do a full background check because as much as possible we must make sure that the the gametes the sperm and mm -hmm. egg donors that we provide to our patients they are healthy and therefore we do um, a huge amount of uh, screening on, on our donors from mental screening to make sure that they are happy and they have made the right decision and they have thought about the implications of donation. This is so important, very important. Very important. We yeah. have independent counsellor mm -hmm. uh, that see our donors uh, and then they write a report to us to say that they are happy that the donation can go ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, all the way to checking their family health background. Yeah. Uh, all the way back to grandparents. And uh, we then do genetic check on them. We do sexually transmitted disease uh, testing on them 
uh, full blood test, um, karyotyping. Yeah. So we do a vast number of screening to make sure they're healthy, both physically and mentally, in order to be able to yeah. to go through donation. So uh, when we did a motivational studies from our donors uh, at Cryos, uh, of course, number one reason for them that wanted to donate, whether they were a sperm donor or egg donors, it was altruistic. The altruistic act of donation was the number one reason. Number two was that they were getting a full health checkup. Uh, of course, you know, uh, many people like to do that and, and it can cost a lot of money if they're doing it on their own. And they want to know, and it's uh, very good to know if I am a young woman, and yes. without any babies, no yes. pregnancies, yes. Uh, I will uh, have this benefit. I will get this benefit actually uh, to meet myself, to meet yeah. my uh, DNA yes. and find from the genetic screening what genes I am carrying yes. Yes. in I order know. to prevent um, a miscarriage or a pregnancy in the future yes. that is going to be... Uh, yes, that's right with a problem yeah. and the other motivation for them was mm -hmm. that they, many of them know somebody in their family or friends yeah, who's course. gone through infertility mm -hmm. and uh, often when we ask uh, the donors their motivation or what do they think about donation uh, and we have some women women or men who have become mothers or fathers themselves they their answer is that they want to bring the same joy they have experienced in their own life to other people and this is this is amazing and this is what you call altruistic donation because it's when you know that you can have something that others are are desperately trying for a very very long time yeah. and not succeeding now by choice some people decide not to have children and that's absolutely fine uh, it's a choice but for those that do want it and they need a helping hand this is what donation can do yeah yeah, of course. So starting from the beginning, actually, who can become a donor? I mean, yes. Yeah. So our egg donors are mm -hmm. ladies between the ages of 18 to 32. Mm -hmm. They must be, as I said earlier, physically and mentally healthy. Mm -hmm. They must have the right body mass index because that's very important on the quality of their eggs they produce. And uh, we check the health of their ovaries and they, uh, they receive a full gynecological checkup. Mm -hmm. uh, we make sure that they are healthy and that they are happy to donate. And then once we've done all the, all the screening processes, and as I said, we have a very strict process because out of 100 applications, for example, that we get, only four of those applications make it all the way through to donation. Mm -hmm. So if we say conversion rates for our egg donors is only about 4%, which is not a lot. And that's because we are so strict with the, with the process, because we guarantee the eggs that we provide to our patients. Yeah. Uh, and for, because we have to provide such a high quality eggs in order to provide a guarantee to the patients for pregnancy, then we must obviously be very strict with our criteria. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, so once uh, they go through the donation, and, uh, and perhaps here I would like to mention for the viewers that are actually uh, thinking about donating their eggs. One question that we often get is, would this impact my own fertility in the future? And it's a very fair question to ask. 
and a very good question to yeah. ask. And if it's safe? And is it safe? Yeah. And the, the procedure yeah. is very safe. Mm -hmm. It's the same procedure that's been used for 42 years or over 42 years in IVF. So medication is safe. The procedure is safe. We only use expert doctors from here. And uh, our, our, hopefully you can come and visit us at the bank. You will see that we've got a state-of-art clinic that we've established here with the highest technology possible so to make it very very safe and uh, uh for for our donors and and of course the procedure must be safe for our doctors who are practicing this as well in mm -hmm. cyprus so the question is does it affect their own fertility no because we women we actually lose quite a lot of potential follicles or or pre eggs or premature eggs uh, every month when we have our period so on average they they are estimating something around perhaps seven eight hundred to one thousand follicles are lost every month when we ovulate so one for getting one mature egg we don't have a very efficient reproductive system <laughs> as humans we lose about a thousand and when you donate eggs we tap into those eggs, we would have, you would have lost that month any, anyway. And we aim to only remove about 20 to 25 of them. So we're not aiming to remove the 1000 because it's impossible. It would not be possible to do that. And we wouldn't want to do that anyway. So and out of a thousand... Also, sorry, and we give also specific doses of the medication exactly, in order to... Which is very controlled. Yeah, yeah they, to avoid the hyperstimulation. Exactly. So they receive the scans, they yeah. receive uh, blood tests every few days to make mm -hmm. sure that uh, that the, the follicles and the ovaries are healthy and doing well, very well on those um, medications. So really, in, in the context, when you look, out of a thousand, you lose... We, we take about 20 to 25. So it does not impact their own future fertility. If anything, they probably find a lot more about their potential fertility through the donation. Okay. Uh, because we check all their female hormones and make mm -hmm. sure that they are within the normal range yeah. as well. And also we can answer to this question by examples with ex-donors that they donated before and now they have they, they have their own, own children. Yes, yeah. they have their own children. And uh, and the same thing for the sperm donation. Same process. Uh, you know, we check the sperm thoroughly. We check yeah. the health of the sperm donors as well. So, yes, it, it, it is the same process uh, that we do for them as well. So, all in all, uh, the process is safe. Uh, the process will not impact their own fertility. And it is legal in Cyprus. Yeah. Um, this is very important to mention because that's kind of concern uh, for some donors that would like to come through and donate. It's, uh, it's been legal for many, many years. Uh, it, we are all licensed by the Ministry of Health in Cyprus and we have uh, a very close collaboration with the ministry. All the all IVF cl clinics do and us as a bank as well, mm -hmm. you know, first independent bank in, in Cyprus. Also, we work under uh, directions from the Ministry of Health. So this is all legal and absolutely fine. And following the law. And course. following the law, yeah. yeah. And I think it's also very important to mention that uh, when we have our uh, egg donors that come through, for us, the journey we provide for them is very important. Our donor coordinators um, that work with the, with the donors, egg donors, 
because the process can take up to about three months from the time they come through until they go through all the screening and make it all the way to donation. Our donor coordinators are there every step of the way. They almost become like best friends to the donors. And we appreciate that our donor coordinators spend so much time and, and provide so much support because some of our donors will not disclose to anyone that they are donating, even to the closest family members. So they may go through this journey completely on their own. Without the donor coordinators that are there like a sister, it would be impossible. Uh, so, uh, yeah, perfect. Everything is uh, fine, but uh, we need to inform the donors about the benefits of the donation. We mentioned the full screening and the blood test and everything that we can uh, give it to them, offer to them for free. But uh, is there anything else as a benefit? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's good to put the record straight here as well, because even our, our patients or the general public might think that the donors uh, get compensated hugely. Uh, we are all working under the EU tissue directive uh, recommendations and, of course, recommendations of the local guidelines here as well. And the donors do get compensated, but they get reimbursed for their time and effort. So if you imagine a donor that comes in for three months uh, for a number of time to the clinic to have all the checkups and then go through the medication um, and then go through uh, a small procedure to remove the eggs obviously needs to be reimbursed for all the time and effort that she puts into place. So no, the, 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 the level of financial benefit for them uh, is, is really not huge, but it is uh, we hope enough that covers uh, their time and effort that they are putting into it. Um, of course, they get that and they also get the full checkup, health checkup that they, um, they have with us. And I think the fulfillment of being able to help uh, families to make their dreams come true, which mm -hmm. is what our mission is, is as, as cryos. And it's good to mention that uh, the compensation is not a payment actually, and it's according to the law, and yeah. we are following the uh, guidelines <coughs> uh, for this compensation. So it's actually a benefit, yeah. uh, not a payment, and uh, it's a helpful and uh, yeah. uh, for the effort and donation yeah. of the yeah. donor for the act. Okay. Um, Okay, uh, except of the benefits, the um, donation as, as an act, um, if a girl wants to uh, become an egg donor and wants to find uh, details, information about her first yeah. before she contact with the <coughs> clinic, um, where she can uh, search, I mean, there are a lot of... Uh, 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 sites in Google, in website, in yeah. a, a lot of websites, uh, you know. But um, it's very important to find details that are safe and uh, describe Certainly. exactly the procedure. Certainly, I think I think it's very important that the donors are going to websites that are part of either a, a bank like us yeah. or IVF clinics which are uh, under regulation 
uh, of their local country. So, uh, you know, for example, uh, I us as a bank, Cryos International, we have a website that they can read everything to do with don about donation on that website. And also the IVF clinics have a lot of information as well. And these are regulated websites, or at least there are websites that are belonging to clinics and banks that are regulated by the Ministry of Health. So they must be careful where they read the information. <clears throat> there is a lot of information on the internet, but they need to make sure that the source of that information is correct. Yeah. Okay, and hopefully our Ministry of Health will help us with um, uh, papers or a, actually a website <coughs> uh, that we can uh, send our donors to find details of officially yes, yes, and yes. They inform uh, with this way the people <coughs> because it's uh, a, a little bit problem with the advertisement and information of sure. the donors now in Cyprus. I hope that this is going to be um, this is it will finish until the end of this year. Yeah. Um, they are doing a lot of things in order to change um, yes. the law <clears throat> uh, about this because it's very important. You know, we have patients, but we do not have a lot of donors, and so we, we need the yeah, donors. I agree with you. We we are providing the treatment. But if we don't, if we provide the treatment, but don't have donor eggs or donor sperm to treat the patients with, then we are pushing our patients away to go to other countries that may not be as regulated under the EU tissue directive as we are within EU. So it is important that for the safety of our patients, we can find and we can have donor eggs and donor sperm. But of course, the marketing. For that or the information that we give out to to the donors must be within a, a framework and uh, it should also be tasteful okay now i always say that 50 years ago when people were talking about blood donation many people were scared of it and uh, and they saw a taboo and they didn't want to get involved and it was only because the media opened up the conversation and there was talks about it. Uh, the, the donor cards came out and uh, that was for organ donation and for also blood donation. Nowadays, our attitude has changed. When we are blood donors or organ donors, we are proud to be blood donors or organ donors. And I think one day we will see that change happen with egg donation and sperm donation. But if we cannot discuss this information out in the public in a tasteful manner, in an ethical manner, then we would not be able to get the donors to be able to help those couples that need donation treatment. Um, and we can only do it with, with wonderful people like yourselves who is trying to bring awareness. Um, the other journalists that are really opening the subject, uh, you know, in, in public and, and having a, 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 a faithful, I call it, debate. The reason I'm saying faithful, because if we are giving the wrong information, we're not being faithful to ourselves and to the rest of the public. So that's very important. On top of that, I think it's very important that we have fertility awareness. I, I myself, on behalf of Cryos, 
have a lot of university seminars and in the mm -hmm. even during COVID, we turned those into webinars uh, on fertility awarenesses. Uh, my uh, passion has been to do with uh, enlightening the, the young gen younger generation to be aware about their own fertility and to um, to understand what could impact the future of their fertility. Unfortunately, in the schools, and I have two children myself, I know I've been looking at their curriculum all over the, uh, the through the years in the school. We talk a lot about how not to get pregnant or not to get somebody pregnant. We hardly talk about how important your fertility is and how important it is to preserve your fertility. And that is missing from the sexual education of our younger children. How uh, so their social lifestyle can impact like their yeah. drinking, smoking, uh, sexually transmitted diseases, even weight balance of being, uh, you know, uh, within the normal range B uh, BMI. So uh, all these can impact their future. And we are hoping that by bringing this fertility awareness to the younger generation, we will have less patients to treat in the future, but also healthier donors to be able to help those yeah. that will inevitably, due to genetic reasons, due to cancer treatment, due to any other thing, will need donation treatment. I agree with you. And uh, I hope that in the universities or in the um you know late years of the school uh it will be a session with the uh fertility yes. both of them women yes, and yes. men and uh, how to um check my fertility if i'm fertile or mm -hmm. not and how to cryopreserve actually my yes. fertility this yeah. is very important because if we all the all the patient all the women that uh, uh, get a, a neck donation treatment, <clears throat> maybe they uh, could avoid this treatment if they cryopreserve their eggs in yes. the past. And now cryopreservation is yes. in a very high level. Yeah. So it's a, a good option <clears throat> to discuss a little bit about the cryopreservation, what is cryopreservation of the eggs and why it's a good option and a gift of the um uh you know uh, it's a medical gift actually to the women yes definitely so up to a few years ago we could not uh successfully freeze eggs uh, we could but they wouldn't survive very well but uh a new technology came into uh into the field of reproductive medicine called vitrification and it literally revolutionized it for being able to successfully freeze eggs and keep them frozen without impact on the quality and be able to uh, then thaw or defrost them when we need to take them out and uh, use them in the treatment. Because this technology was so important, it actually also opened the avenue for many women that for various reasons uh, for either because of choice or, or for whatever reason that was there, um, you know, uh, not having a partner or having a partner, not being able to, to have a child at that particular time, they could also freeze their eggs successfully. And then when, before it gets too late, before they hit the age of uh, 40, then they would have problems with the quality of their eggs. Um, they could freeze and then use it when it was, uh, it was needed for, uh, for their, for having children. So that's the concept of the social egg freezing that came out. And uh, I, I, you know, personally, I'm, I'm, I'm 
very proud to see what Cyprus has done because I don't think any other government that I know of, at least, has actually provided this um, this um, uh, benefit for the young women uh, in their countries where, you know, the governments, uh, you know, helps and assists women to be able to freeze their eggs <clears throat> so that they can use it later on when they're ready to have a child. And, uh, and I think this is a benefit that is rarely seen in any other country. I think uh, the Ministry of Health does a great yeah. job of this. Um, and therefore, I hope that many women take it up and uh, use this, this, uh, this benefit that's available yeah. to them. Exactly. During and the last year, yes. the government decided to uh, make a gift to all these women that yes, they are decided yes, to yes. create. And, and uh, you know, and, and we, we, we can provide, we are obviously Christ has been expert in freezing eggs because that's what our job is day in and day out. Mm -hmm. We're the experts that freeze and thaw eggs successfully. And of course, there are many other IVF clinics who do it as well. So I think this is a great opportunity. We'll be happy to provide them with a lot of information and uh, guidance and be able to offer the, the uh, this this treatment of, of frozen uh, yeah. freezing social eggs for them. I think it's very important to say that it's been going on actually for a few years. We were freezing ovaries initially for cancer patients. Yeah. So now we can successfully freeze the eggs, which is very good news. Yeah. And something uh, that is it's for us, actually, it's between us. I think it will be the best if we offer to our egg donors after their donation, after yes. one or two donations, to cryopreserve them eggs. Yes, yes, yes. Without yes, any course. cost. I yes. mean, this is another benefit <clears throat> that we have to think about it and offer to our egg donors. Yes, so, or vice versa, if you, if you are somebody that would like to freeze your eggs and you've you've frozen a couple of rounds for yourself you may wish to donate and make sure that there are you know that uh, uh for by freezing your own eggs you're also helping other women in the future you know by having another cycle of donation or vice versa for donors you know to be offered to be able to freeze for themselves as well so i think uh, i think we have a very good infrastructure here that we're working towards and i think it will get just better and better for the benefit of both the donors and benefit of the patients i would like to thank you for this lovely discussion and i would like to um have a you know a hope a, a good willing message in order to close this uh lovely episode mm -hmm. uh for all this that we discussed for the egg donors, for the patients, for everyone who is going to listen to this episode. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for inviting it's me here. It's my honor. Right at the beginning of the program, you asked me if I believe in miracles. I think our donors are miracles. I think they help to bring a miracle around. Uh, I think every child that's born, that has been uh, born as a result of help from assisted conception is a miracle. Uh, is a child that we know that many families have longed to have. Um, and yes, I am, I am a scientist, but I still believe in miracles because miracles are created by people who give selflessly and who give for the benefit of helping somebody else. And I think that is extremely important. So every day is a, is a miracle and every donation, I see it as a gift of life. And every day we're creating miracles. We actually. are creating. Yeah, perfect. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.